Radio Free Cybertron. Transformers. Rewind. Transformers Rewind, find out what happens when writers get on crack. It's bought! (laughs) One day in the city, the Combaticons are driving down the street. Yeah. And get in the rumble with the Protectabots. Hey, where'd those guys come from? Watch it, bro! You two-faced pipsqueaks, stay behind me! Combaticons, form Bruticus! Bruticus is destroyed in the battle, save for Swindle, who somehow escapes unharmed. Although at first he tries to fix his teammates, he quickly re- realizes selling the wreckages would be a lot more profitable. What's going on? I'm unloading some junk. You got a problem with that? No, no, sir. So that's where all the parts are. I think that sleaze is up to something. <laughs> Meanwhile, some high school kids have to make a robot for a science project, and while rummaging around the junkyard, they find Grohl's personality component and install it in their creation. But... Wow! Say, you know what we ought to do for the science project? What? Build our own robot! Yeah, whose idea was it to look for parts in the dump? Uh, well, we can't afford to buy parts, and there's lots of perfectly good junk here, so I think that... Save it. But look at this! I bet this is good for something. I don't know what just yet, but... Bot runs wild, forcing the kids to call for help from the Autobots using their awesome 2400 baud modem. Oh, and, and the other Decepticons were probably doing something that day, too, but who cares about them? Hey, bright boy, how are you going to find them? Yeah, they're not listed in the yellow pages. We'll let the computer do the walking. I've got a distress signal. It's coming from a one-level brick structure with the inscription Benjamin Franklin Pierce High School. Mighty funny name for a defense establishment. Hmm, Ironhide, you bumblebee and gears, check it out. Introducing (laughs) The thing you really have to remember the whole way through this, this was the end of season two. It was the last episode before Transformers the movie. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. (laughs) So I'm Uh, I'm assuming they just took all the ideas for scripts that everyone had been pitching, threw them in a blender, and this is what we got. I mean... It's a decent, like, the first half of the episode is a decent swindle episode because... it totally is. You know, the dude, like, starts out, he's going to repair his buddies, and then he's like, 
Oh, that's yeah. hard. I'll just sell him. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like somewhere along the way he got confused about what he was doing <laughs> and ended up well, selling and, them. And, okay, perfect... so what's up? Oh. What's that mentioned in the summary is that when Megatron finds out what Swindle did, he puts a bomb in Swindle's brain, which right. will explode in like 15 hours unless he gets the Combaticons back together. That's a good motivation. Well, <laughs> that was Megatron's reasoning. Um, so, yeah. uh, and, you know, Swindle goes around and collects everything but can't find Brawl's personality component, and he's like, well, it's not like he ever had a personality in the first place. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I didn't think anybody would miss it, you know. That's so meta. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, I see why Brawl's personality is angry when he's in the bot, right? Exactly. Um, I think this is the episode people think of when they think of Swindle as a character. Yeah. Because it's really what establishes what he's about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great episode for pulling, like, you know, from his tech spec and, you know, going, you know, kind of establishing who that character is, which doesn't happen very often to a lot of the combiner, you know, characters. Well, a lot of times they're usually just depicted with their other parts, or it's the primary out of the set, you know, or they're yeah. all kind of sharing time. But and, and in G1, I mean, Onslaught is really a lot more... Uh, just a blank slate than Swind- Swindle's the most developed of the Combaticons, I Easily. would say. Easily. But he has the most character potential, too. Yeah. But these kids with Bot, oh my god. <laughs> That's so annoying. And, you know, of course it's the two smarty kids, and they get stuck with this other smarty girl who's annoying. And, you know, her... Do ever- you know this? She's the goody she's- Well, No, no, no. She's passive-aggressive. That's what you gotta oh, yeah. understand. She's she's that she's she's like planting these ideas and then saying I don't think that's a very idea good idea we shouldn't do that it'd be really bad if we went into the dark place you know she's but she's really like trying to motivate them it's a passive aggressive way you know it's like <laughs> oh we shouldn't go into here we'll get caught it'll be so terrible and of course at the very end of the episode you get the most awkward part where the two boys put tape over her mouth and carry her away yeah that's a little yeah. strange I, 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 I'm not sure what message that is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the darkest, the, you know, the, at the end of this episode, the kids, you know, sort of save the day because they remote control bot to destroy Megatron's death ray, moon death ray thing. With, with the human-sized overload button clearly labeled in English. Yes. Yeah. That's very, yes. But but they pilot bot to go do that and then overload it. But I think the worst, like most morbid part of this is just before the explosion, you see bot kind of wave. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. kind of like ducks out from the side, like bye bye. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that's awful. It's just typical of kids, you know. They, they don't care. It's just a freaking, you know, robot. Bye <laughs> bot loves you. Boom. You know the art animation of the episode. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's just it's such a... Well, of course, Megatron's whole plan here is that he's going to use this big gun thing that only Bruticus can control, apparently, but does have that very small overload button, um, to blow up the moon, and then he can control the tide with another device that they made, which I would think if the other device could do that without the moon there, couldn't it do that with the moon there anyway? But whatever. And so 
You know, and apparently they have to have Bruticus control this thing because Devastator's busy. And, well, well, okay, Menasaur is psychotic, so that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. yeah I think your point, Dan. Yeah, so, you know. Uh-huh. Well, but, I don't know about you guys, but when well, okay, I saw this when I was a kid, um, I was not happy with it. I thought it's a terrible way to end season two. <laughs> it, you know, I went on a rage for at least a good couple hours. I remember that just because it had that big of a reaction to this, and it's been, what, 25 well, years since and- then? And so. what's mm-hmm. what's worse is you get you there is no like release because really the movie takes place based on events earlier in season two, and then you come back into season three and it's in the future. So really, like there's a good chunk of that season two that is like almost entirely unresolved because it doesn't really connect to anything. <laughs> Like yeah, later. that was that was the rage. <laughs> what? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> Just, yeah. But Swindle Again. saved those kids, though. Whether he planned to or not, that is the whole deal. Is that three Autobots could not take care of one crappy robot with a personality component shoved in it, but Swindle could. Yeah. So he really saved those kids. If you think about <laughs> it. Yeah, and. and- it's weird that the small robot gave them so much trouble after Bruticus goes down at the beginning of the episode in one shot. Yeah, one shot from Defensor, and the whole thing blows up other than Swindle. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's a very odd episode. It's and just, again, where did the Protectobots even come from anyway? Yeah, Five it, episodes earlier, they had to go make a special event out of creating the Aerialbots and the Stunticons. Very yeah, and the, and the Protectobots had shown up before this because they showed up in that... Uh, uh, the episode where the sun was being brought into, like, you know, the Earth was getting closer to the sun or whatever. Uh, the Protectobots showed up in that. So this isn't the first appearance of the of the Protectobots, but it's the first right. time they have any kind of decent, you know, airtime. Why they have, like, a secret base in the middle of the city that no one has a frequency connection for, who knows? Because that was a whole other point that was made. Like, the Autobots, I don't know, the Protectobots live in the city, but they're really freaking hard to get a hold of you know <laughs> which is what you want for for a group of, of autobots that spend all of their time like being ready for an emergency you want to make them extra hard to get a hold of exactly you know <laughs> wow I think, uh, a couple episodes earlier they also established the combaticons had a base somewhere but of course being at the end of the season no they did in this there. one yeah it was in this one because that's the whole thing okay. is skywarp Goes to their base. Okay. You know, to find him and then finds like the string of parts. That's how they figure out that, you know, right. they've been destroyed. But yeah, why? I don't know. Why do the Compatagons need a base? They're, they're based on the most treacherous Decepticons, you know, that were like deserters and, and prisoners. Yeah. Why is Megatron giving them their own base? What? I don't know. They're constantly they checking up on them. They're sending, you know, Megatron down <sighs> and Starscream to check in on them. Why couldn't David Wise write this episode and just, like, make it make more sense? Maybe that yeah. would be... In a, in a way, you have to think, okay, maybe this wasn't intended to be the last episode shown in the season. God, I hope not. Uh. <laughs> God, I hope not. 